Hello and welcome to the Monocle Summer Series, edition to 45 minutes, maybe even an hour of smart discussion, well-chilled drinks, sunny intelligence, tan lines, louche tunes, and a few seasonal surprises. We're back here in studio in Paris with Andrew Tuck and Robert Bowne for the best places to tie up your tender, fill up your wine cellar, restock your bookshelf, pack your trunks, Pack your trunks, Rob. Yep. Uh, or just kick back. <laughs> of course, with the Dazzling Med, the Black Sea, wherever you might be in the world. Hello, gentlemen. Good to see you again. Nice to see you, Mr. Brulé. Nice to see you, Mr. Bound. Thanks. Just in my trunks today because it's a warm studio. Something's wrong with the aircon. <laughs> it's fine. It's okay, isn't it? It's sort of re-kicked in. It's okay. It's, it's okay. Um, has Paris been good to you, Rob, so far? Oh, we've had a good oh, It's going to be better to you this evening? Uh, I think it's going to be better because it's always good to celebrate after you've done the, on, after you've done the show mm. rather than beforehand. I know that from... Uh, for my cost and in, in, in episodes before, right? That's fine. <laughs> and Andrew, like you always, you don't mind a bit of a. Well, we're not okay. We have to say we're not huge fans of Eurostar. We're not huge fans of the seating on Eurostar. We're not, but we're really not fans of the poor lighting. But this show is all all about good light because we also we fix the studio lights before we came in. It's a sort of bit bit lower. It's not it's not LED, which is good, which we don't want during the summer break. No, it's hard to imagine. It's a, a nice summer's day out there. It's it, it's it's cool. It's dim. We've we've kind of recreated a we're nighttime not dim, vibe. Man. We're not dim. We're dialed up. We're like. <laughs> <laughs> On that, you know, I was in Austria a few weeks ago. Just speaking of summertime and LED, and um, I was uh, visiting this complex, which has been completely redeveloped. But they they were actually talking about that LED is very bad for insects. Um, and it sort of thro- completely throws their clocks off. Same with birds as well. So there's a company in South Tyrol which is completely rethinking lighting by evening. So yes, maybe good for energy, not good for crickets or swallows. Well, that's good news. But, I, but I swallows out of the night? I thought they were like tucked in bed by like six o'clock. Uh, yeah, no, but I don't know. Sunday was down early. I, Andrew, I don't know. I mean, listen, if we want to do a bird special, and Andrew Tuck is your man. Andrew, over to you. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to have some great guests today. They're going to be uh, Chris Durkon, Victoire Detayek, and also Marc Bouget. Of course, we need some music on this program. Uh, so before we meet our guests, um, and to set us off on a sunny little summer tour... Um, providing us with tunes of the French pop duo Blue Toucan, and here they are with Ainwa.
And that was Blue Toucan with Inwa. We'll have more from them and the rest of our guests in just a little tick. You're back with the Monocle Summer Series here in Paris, edition two with me, Tyler Brulé, Robert Bound, Andrew Tuck. Andrew Tuck. You were like toe tapping away before the break. You, I think you rather like that. Well, we're just saying that the amazing thing is when you come here that the, the, the Paris music scene, the French music scene, is nicely not following what exactly everyone else is doing. It's got its own vibe. And you know, we've had some amazing bands in here in Paris, but they were great. Hey, it's, it's, it's you know, they're, they're two cool guys. The music's wonderful. I don't know. It's, it's just, it feels very of the place as well. Keeping it tight, Rob. Yeah, exactly. Very tight indeed. Nice, nice. Uh, what you mean, the trousers? <laughs> the trousers. I think the 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 boys are just well styled and well styled. Yeah, right? yeah. Looking and good. I think we should have all invested in the synthesizer shop. And Paris. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to get a pair of orange Vans as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Just check those out. It's pretty good stuff. Um, so that was uh, Blue Toucan, and we'll be hearing more from them later on indeed. in the show. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, greet our first guest, uh, Chris Durkon, president of the Réunion des Musées Nationaux, including the Grand Palais, uh, Paris's most impressive art space. Uh, host to some of the best exhibitions, art fairs and fashion shows that the city has to offer. In fact, the world has to offer. Uh, Dercon used to be the director of Tate Modern and took up his new role at the end of last year here in Paris. So what's it like to run one of Paris's most beloved institutions? Well, Chris is here to tell us. Um, Chris, welcome to the programme. Happy summer to you. Thank Thanks you. for putting yourself away from your summer holidays to join us around this. I'm uh, not in yet radio on summer studios. holidays. I mean, in Paris, <laughs> people work here so much, even more than Londoners, you know. Is that right? Absolutely. Okay, we can, de- we can debate. Him, yeah, right? yeah, we can debate that later. We can debate that. Um, so, congratulations on your new, your new job. Thank Fairly you. handsome new digs at the Grand Palais. Um, but as we said in the introduction, this is the this is part of a very large French arts institution to do with sharing artworks all across the world and across Paris and all the rest of it. Where on earth do you start with a job like that, I wonder? I mean, it all starts with a conversation with a president and he happens to be <laughs> called Emmanuel Macron. Okay. I, I mean, I was, I was absolutely uh, astonished by his, not only his freshness and his readiness, but his deep knowledge of German philosophy, German literature, but also of street art uh, in New York and in Paris. He is an avid collector of street art. And uh, I was absolutely impressed by that. We ha- so we had a very good conversation over the autumn, and then I started my job. So he turned up on the presidential skateboard. Uh, and then just and you just shot the oh, breeze. Oh, my first very <laughs> Parisian mistake that when you enter the Elysee, you're supposed to go to the left or to the right. And instead, I went straight ahead and I <laughs> walked across these very tiny white little stones. And of course, my trousers and my shoes were ruined. And then no. I heard from the police guys that you had to go to the left or to the right. Mm. I went right for the middle, <laughs> like Macron. You went right for the middle. Very nice. Yeah, and exactly. Nice. And if, if you weren't advised otherwise, what would you know? But were you surprised, Chris, that, that yeah, that there was such a, a central authority figure to have this discussion with that, yeah, maybe had this happened in London or had it help, happened in another European capital that you wouldn't be dealing with the top man or woman? 
I don't think so. Indeed, I never met David Cameron. God thank, I never had to meet him. <laughs> but indeed, this is, let's say, a top job because it's the Grand Palais and the Grand Palais is existing now for over 100 years. And what's nice about the Grand Palais, not just that it's very big and very grand and it's in a magical place which is near the Elysee and near the Tour de Fel, but that it's probably a hybrid institution from the very beginning. And when I say a hybrid institution, that you can indeed combine avant-garde with fashion shows, but also with pedagogical activities, that the Grand Palais has ever been a city within the city, a campus within the campus. And now we got pledged by the French government, thanks to the same Emmanuel Macron, 466 million euros to not only renovate the Grand Palais, but also to make something which is fit for the 21st century. When you have to sort of move out of your permanent digs, the Grand Palais, does working in temporary spaces kind of give you an opportunity to to mix things up a bit? I know you've only just gotten into your new job, Chris, but it must kind of set the creative juices flowing for a curator and an arts administrator. First of all, it's not a temporary place because I'm calling myself a bureaucrat. I have wonderful curators, I have wonderful programmers. Loosen your But tie. I just have to make sure that these things Look how many fit. buttons he has undone, yeah. Rob. Yeah. And I have to, you know, when, when people ask me, what do you do? I'm saying I'm an editor-in-chief, I'm a producer, I'm this and that, but I don't want to be a curator because, you know what, I think younger people who are much better traveled these days, who listen, who have open ears and open eyes, I want to give them the opportunity to program this place. And what's incredible about it is that these young people do exist and they are eager to take it on because, let's face it, the Museum of the Future is a place where many things can happen at the same time for many different audiences, and that's the future of the museum anyway. But we are this museum of the future with the Grand Palais since the very beginning because we are what you call in French an EPIC, which means Etablissement Public de l'Industrie et de Commerce. So when museums like the V&A, when they... Uh, let's say, organize a show, let's call it Armani. People, mm -hmm. you know, they shout like, oh no, you are not allowed to Commercial. do Armani. But what's the difference yeah. between showing, uh, let's say, an artist like Jeff Koons belonging to this or that agency and showing and doing great things with Hedy Sliman or doing great things, of course, with Karl Lagerfeld. I mean, let's not be hypocritical about it. And I do think that today in industrial design and fashion, things are going much more ahead and in visual arts that I'm convinced about. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, but uh, we have a time right now when people across Europe, Chris, are looking for cultural leadership, uh, moral leadership. Uh, you've come out of a capital like Berlin. A lot of people have been putting, obviously pinning a lot of hope that, uh, that Tante Merkel would be able to do that. Of course, uh, the same weight has been resting on the shoulders of, uh, of Monsieur Macron at the same time. And I'm wondering what your take is. I mean, obviously they're very unique capitals in their own right. Uh, is, is it really only uh, down to, to both Paris and, and Berlin to show the way, do you think? Uh, or can we include others in the mix when we look at the European continent? What's, that's a very, very, I think, important question. I've been working many different places and all our hope was towards London many years ago. Then our hope shifted and it went to Berlin. Berlin once was described by the former mayor as we are poor but sexy and now Berlin is still poor and not any longer sexy. Not because the artists are not good enough but you know rents went up. So the utopia which was promised by Berlin just has disappeared and we see that so much action 
has turned towards Paris, that Paris can maybe become another, a new cultural hub, but always in combination, I think, with other cities. Like, the linkage right now between Paris and Brussels is quite fascinating. In Paris, there is lots of things happening in terms of museum shows and great quality, but in Brussels there's a lot happening in terms of what artists do, in terms of alternative organizations. And when you say Paris, and that's what Macron asked me to work on, means also to focus on this beautiful word, la territoire, because the Grand Paris and what's happening out of Paris, like in Lille, like in Marseille, like in Dijon, like in Nantes, like in Montpellier, it's equally exciting. So we have to learn one lesson from Germany, that the reason why Germany was thriving and is still thriving in culture is it was not just Berlin, but also Munich and also Frankfurt and Hamburg. And I think we have to try to plot the same scenario for France because it cannot all happen here just in Paris. That's what all the Gilets Jaunes uh, uh, thing uh, was about. Uh, and looking even further than the borders of France, uh, you know, Macron is very interested in how culture can be used as making connections with other countries as a, a, as a soft power tool. Is that something that you discuss with him directly? That is that part of the ambition of what you do? We see at the moment he, he went to China. Suddenly there's one of the biggest shows of Picasso ever outside of France that's going on in China at the moment. He's made connections uh, with the Middle East, with lots of places through institutions like yours. Do you have a role to play in that as well? Well, when we discussed in the autumn of 2018, when we discussed German literature and philosophy and street art, we also, of course, discussed Europe. And that might be, well, one of the reasons why he, for the first time, asked a non-French citizen or a person to be in that job. And don't forget I'm Belgium. I'm a little neighbor, you know, of France. I mean, uh, after all, we have been occupied a long time by all these different forces including the French no to be serious I think this whole idea of permeability to put Europe to give Europe a face in France has been of course also part of my appointment not that I am the European face but it's clearly an indication of something changing because you have to imagine that these jobs were always always occupied by French who were more French. <laughs> Uber French. So you've got great experience of London, of Berlin, and now of Paris, Chris. Where on earth, though, do you go on holiday? Before, in Munich, I always went to the mountains, to the Alps. And I happened to, to be in a place where I have to take care of cows because, you know, I had a cabane over 2,000 meters, which put a lot of responsibility oh, yeah. on you, isn't it? even if I was not the owner of the cows. But since <laughs> London and since... <laughs> you know them all by name, come on. And since Berlin and since uh, Paris as well, uh, we are always heading to the same place, which is a very tiny island, the tiniest island of the Canarian Islands, where there are no tourists. It's a natural reservation. Uh, you have a coast, which is, feels very desert-like and a very raw ocean, and then you can get up to the mountains to 2,000 meters, and then you are in the midst of the ferns. Things are leaking. Things have an amazing perfume, and that's called El Hierro, where we eat with the fishermen, where we, uh, you know, we, we are alone. Maybe sometimes I feel like a hermit because my job is about meeting people and yeah. speaking to people, and during the summer I want to be alone or high up in the mountains or on a tiny little island. That said, in Berlin I didn't leave the city because we were living next to one of these great lakes where I felt like a fish 
in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's pulled in a whopper. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Andrew disappeared for a second. I saw. I thought I heard the sort of the slapping of Havianas being packed. In I know. It sounded uh, pretty. Uh, well. Andrew is off Del Hierro, but very uh, nice. Certainly a mental note made. A picture <laughs> painted of that island. I thought you weren't going to tell us the name actually. So, because just before we go, though, there, so there, there's no political pressure that you're also with the new gig that you have to be holidaying in, in La France. No. <laughs> Good answer. I think so. Um, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Chris Delcon is the president of the Réunion des Musées Nationaux. Uh, Nationaux, I should say. It's plural. There very are many good. of yes. them. <laughs> um, thank you very much for joining us. You are listening to the Summer Series coming to you from Paris. Chris is good, isn't he? I uh, wouldn't mind going on holiday with Chris. I know. I, I think El Hierro sounds good. I, did, I always thought that it was, I didn't think it went up to 2,000 meters. I'm going to check that. And I like the fact that he describes it as leaking a little bit. Yeah, yeah. From waterfalls. Yeah. So, so. But I, there was nice a good image. I, I, yeah, I, 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 I saw I sort thought, of the mist and the ferns and yeah, everything that was yeah. happening up there. Felt like a bit sort of Last of the Mohicans vibe. <laughs> which not always is a good thing. But I think <laughs> and, he and described and I, it yeah, very well. And, and he sort of took me somewhere else because I think we talked to people that are staying in a bit of a Mediterranean context. But he took us off the coast of Africa. Yeah, exactly. It's good stuff. It was very good. Um, I felt, I good felt like in incapable hands with Chris Durkon on the program. Should we hear some more music? Yes, please. Uh, Blue Toucan, join us again. Um, here they are with Le Vent S'élève. Yeah. 
Something great. We'll have more music from Blue Toucan later on in the show. But right now, we're joined by Victoire de Tayac, uh, co-owner of Bully 1803, uh, and Marc Bourget, editor-in-chief of L'Etiquette and the iconic Holiday magazine. Welcome both to the program. Um, Andrew went on holiday, by the way. Andrew's kind we, of... We booted him out of the studio, just <laughs> in case everyone's sort of wondering where he is in this interview. Yeah. He had to... Run an errand. Just a temporary holiday. He did. I think he went to look for some orange vans, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think he did. <laughs> there must be a purveyor of those somewhere near us uh, in Rue Faubourg Saint-Denis, right? I hope, I hope so. So we, we, we're looking to you guys for sort of summer inspiration. A lot of people come to your, come to your magazine and to your store, uh, Victoire, for, um, for, for, for inspiration. Where do you find it? Do you find it on holiday? I don't like to think about work in August, to be okay. honest. August for me is like... Uh, Switch off. Switch off. So there's okay. no ta- there's no taking of notes. You happen to be going through a nice village or sitting somewhere, and you're then sort of jotting something down that that you want to revisit for September. Of course, there's okay, always good. things right. that you I keep was worried in. For a moment. <laughs> you were worried I was stopping to work at some time. I was, no, I'm, no. Not going, I'm not saying laptop out and conference call. I'm just no, thinking a subtle note on the on the on no, the back of the hand. You know? I think what it does is that it clears your mind, and your hard, your ideas are easier to see. So it's yeah. when you come back, everything makes sense. But it's not like you're looking for inspiration. Mark, I'm curious, um, as someone who's an editor of magazines, do you prioritize your magazines when you go away, sort of thinking, these are the two I'm going to save for the end. These ones, I want to get through them quite quickly. They can go to the top of the pile. Um, and then there's sort of, you know, kind of good stuff in, in the middle. But there's these magazines you really savor at the end. Um, it depends. I always have uh, to-do lists, like... Everywhere I go, all the time, I basically spend more time writing on my to-do list than actually working. So, yeah, I, I do. It's always urgent in a way or another. But, I mean, I wake up very early uh, every day when I'm in Paris. And I, ma- I, it's, I struggle not to wake up early, even on early days. So I will wake up at 5, work. Then uh, kids will be up, will go to the beach. But uh, yeah, I, I but I, I I keep working during early days. Unfortunately, it makes my wife a bit crazy. But so be it. Mark's saying that he has his best ideas during his afternoon nap. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was <laughs> hearing as well. So, so, somehow in code, Rob. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was getting. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know when you know when we close the meeting room door. Yes, at, I know. At all Midori about House. That. Yeah. Sometimes you need to find inspiration in there. It's true. Eyes closed. It's yeah. fine. It works. Come on, Mark. I'm with. You. I'm on your side. <laughs> Um, and and what ab- what about that then? Do you? Um, I mean, you must have. I mean, a magazine called Holiday. You obviously yeah. people come to you for some of the rules and regulations, and and style recommendations across. In fact, with both your both your magazines, um, is this is is it a time when you kind of feel like you're noticing what everyone else is doing when you go on holiday? <laughs> Do you feel like a, yeah, yeah, you yeah. kind of have to set those rules? Yeah, it does happen that uh, we frank, um, which we work on on uh, on holiday, we exchange. IDs, uh, pictures, etc. But when you provide people with a service, when you provide people with like destination tips or uh, fashion tips, you you basically work for people. So you have to put yourself a bit uh, in the shadow. You have to to sacrifice your holidays and basically ask questions to yourself that um, will help people. So unfortunately, we if we keep working on holidays, it might be a, bi- a good thing for readers, and that's. 
the sad truth. Mm. <laughs> we do keep working for you readers, so please buy We're, us. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm very I'm curious to hear, um, we've been obviously over these last two shows because we've been in Paris, um, getting a, sort of a taste for, for the market and, and certainly uh, where Paris sits in the world of retail right now. Uh, obviously, you've made quite an impact, uh, and not even if you go into your stores. I, mean, I have to say I haven't been back as much because now that I stay at the Clion, um, they have lots of your products there as well, so I tend to um, fill up. Actually, I, I, need, I need sort of multiple sort of plastic toiletry kits now. I was going to say, anyway, get in the car. I know, I know, I know. I've got to, I've got, I've got to go around. But um, how, how do you view the state of the market um, in, in Paris right now? I mean, obviously a very busy city. It's crazy. It's almost over-touristed like so many places. But your, your sort of position in the, the retail landscape here? I think Paris is fine now. I think we had uh, some we had some low low period, but I think tourists are, are back and Parisians are still very good uh, shoppers too. So for us, business has been really good. We haven't seen any difference. Everybody talks about les gilets jaunes, but after I think French people are like that. We live with strikes forever, so we just go on with our life next to the strike, and it doesn't change the way we shop. Uh, I think for tourists it was a little different, and I think January was a bit down. Maybe too much image on TV news about. Uh, fires in Paris mm. so please <laughs> less next time <laughs> but, but that's all yeah. it's interesting how you talk about the French consumer or the Parisian consumer do mm. you uh, do you sort of see it as half half or I mean or, are in, you in our store you yeah. mean yeah. Uh, all year round yes it's half half but summertime to be honest it's uh, 90% tourist and you, you can feel it already in Paris that uh, now that we have more tourists than the French do they buy the same things um no, it's not a question of um, French and more a question about nationality since right. are very cultural. But after in the way, uh, I would say in the way French and English shop, I don't see really a difference. And what at this time of year, what, uh, well, I'm, I'm curious, so, you know, what does the French consumer come for? Is there, are there a couple of staples that Bully has uh, that you say that actually a French consumer comes back for these three things again and again? Yeah, so uh, our water-based perfume are very, very popular. And of course, it's a very nice summer scent. So that would be a good thing. And we have also a scented body oil called Huile Antique, which is also something people like in summer. So this would be what, what people will came by. And after, there is also something nice, which is all the people coming to holiday to France and they will go to buy presents. And Bully is a good place for that too. So we see people going and saying we are going to our friends. And this is a kind of uh, uh, consumer we got now, yeah. And you work, you work in a kind of world of sense, I imagine. I mean, people that will visit your shop, I'm sure people listen to that, listen to our program, either know it or will want to visit it. And it's such a unique space. It's such a beautiful place. Your packaging is so beautiful and all the rest of it. But really, it's, it's about opening the, opening the lid of the bottle and smelling the stuff, right? What, what, are the, what are some of the best smells you've smelt this year that you'd like to do something with? They might be anything. They might be, you know... They might be they might be an oceany smell. They might be even eating an oyster in 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 the coast of Bordeaux. What are the more I'm unusual not, scents sure I that want you that want? fragrance? <laughs> yeah, but anyway, no. but <laughs> you can mix it with something else. It might be really you nice. Could. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think for me it's a um, uh, nice smell, but it's because it's been the season. It's about uh, more about rhubarbs, rhubarbs. Yeah. Uh, when it you know you mm. cut it and yeah. it has something very special. This is one of my favorite scent, and because it was just the season, this is what I have in mind. And after, of course because we've just opened the store in Le Louvre where we did this collaboration about uh, eight perfumers designing a perfume about an art piece. Mm. 
and I was very surprised to smell Venus de Milo, which is so feminine. It's like a femme fatale. So I guess <laughs> for the perfumer, the Venus de Milo is a femme fatale. And my favorite scent is one from um, a Gainsborough painting called A Conversation in a Park. And it's uh, uh, very green, very floral, very lovely. So this is the last scent that I loved. I, I want someone to do something with dill flowers because I like I love just cutting dill and just putting dill in a vase and that to me is also it's Sweden it's a Scandic world and I think to I don't know I'm waiting for someone to capture that um, in a bottle somehow um, just I want to talk about uh, L'Etiquette uh, magazine Mark because this is something which I think has captured so many people's imagination of course Holiday a beautiful revival of, of something that we all remember and collected uh, but, but L'Etiquette is captured a very particular moment in time it is it has captured the sort of this yeah this the sense of french chic something which is very unique to this city and i guess is that what you saw uh, or has that been a manifestation of the stylist that you're working with uh but at a time when probably many people would say the world doesn't need any more men's fashion magazines what was the idea of bringing that to get to market um the, the main idea behind the magazine is that we are not interested in, in fashion, but we like clothes. Basically, I, I have a journalist background. I'm a journalist. I've been doing news for, for like 20 years. And um, so we wanted to, to, to make a magazine that would be very useful to people, to guys. Um, how do I dress and why? Uh, we think clothing isn't just an industry. It has been summed up into an industry because brands need to sell and needs to sell a new closet, a new wardrobe every six months. And we don't really, uh, are we are not really attracted to that. So we, we, we wanted to really provide guidelines for, for guys to take up their style, just like a, um, a good friend, a stylish friend, helping his friend to get a little bit better dressed. And that's what we wanted to do with Litigate, something easy, cultural, and very much um, helpful to people. My favourite sort of dress is just a little bit dressed. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, but we should we should say um, that uh, you're wearing uh, Mark's wearing pinstripes. Yeah. But it's good. I, mm. I want to see. I want to see. <laughs> but I, 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 I want to see Mark on holiday. I do. Getting up yeah. at five in the morning doing those emails. Rob, just before we go, we we should put um, both of our guests to the quiz, shouldn't we? Very very okay, quickly. We have a special summer quiz that we've been doing. We're going to go through ten questions very quickly. They're totally summer themed. Okay. So uh, we're, Rob, we're heading to the sea, and the first question is. Uh, for Victoire, it's a uh, sand or stone beach. So it's grass. Okay. You want grass? <laughs> sand. 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 Yeah. Uh, tight, loose, or nothing at all? Loose. Loose. Uh, Victoire, red, white, or rose? Uh, white. Water. Okay. I, that, that threw me for a He's just a bad swimmer. I, know. <laughs> I don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here, here we go. Uh, Victoire, France, Spain, or Italy? So it would be France and Switzerland. France and Switzerland, France and Italy. Uh, Mark, wind or horsepower? We're talking about boats here. Uh, uh, wind, definitely. Ground person. <laughs> I stay on the ground. Okay, very good. Uh, Victoire, we'll stay with you. <laughs> Staying with friends or five stars? Uh, with friends. Uh, yes, friends. Yes. Victoire, sun up or sundowners? Uh, sun up. Same. And do you like to eavesdrop? Mark, or do you like to wear earphones when you're on the beach? I, know, uh, I like to hear people talking. Or yeah, yeah. No, no, no music. Features, ideas. I can th think. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Looking at people, the way they dress and, and what they say about it. No, the same for me. I like to hear the surrounding. 
And finally, Victoire, do you take a book or do you like a backlit screen? No, I like books. Printed. Anything printed is good to me. Yeah, books or magazines. Okay. There someone you have we, it, someone, listeners. There's, we ha I don't think we have a winner. <laughs> but you, 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 you have, you have Victoire our best wishes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, both have a great summer. Uh, Victoire de Tayac from Bully and Marc Boger from L'Etiquette and also Holiday Magazine. Thank Thanks you. very much. You're listening to the Monocle Summer Series edition to Rob, when we come back, a few more tunes, no? Yes, please. Yes, if you play. You're back with the Monocle Summer Series here on Monocle 24. Uh, I'm Tyler Brule. Robert Bound is here with me. Hi. Andrew Tuck, I think, might have found some, I think he only got, the, he only got yellow, or maybe there, there could be sort of terracotta vans. I'm not sure. Well, Andrew always likes to get the spare laces. <laughs> so he went back, <laughs> just in case. It's good. <laughs> Belt and braces. <laughs> We have we have He's our giving us a really weird look. I know we have our our, our fine gentlemen uh, who are around the microphone. Uh, Blue Toucan uh, are here. Very very good to see you. It was first two songs fantastic. I don't even want to get to the the song you had to play us out with because the name is just great. Actually, I'm going to talk about it now. Yeah, Tucanopolis. I want to live in Tucanopolis. I think everyone. It sort of it sort of evokes kind of that sort of a bit of a summer utopia, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, let's ask, ask That's the guys. It. Leo, Manu, what is welcome to the program? Tucanopolis. What is that like in your head? Is it the ultimate holiday destination? It doesn't sound like it's a dystopian vision of the future. It sounds like someone, so, something wet and wild. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, our um, dreamed uh, city, Yeah. Um, which is an island. Okay. <laughs> because we like uh, to uh, go to the beach. And uh, this is um, a place uh, in where uh, you, you can't work. Because it's bad for us. Two things already yes. I'm liking, the <laughs> beach and the... Okay. It's forbidden to work Forbidden, here. yes. Okay. So this means there's no performing, there's no music in Tucanopolis? Yes, or, or yes because performing is, is not working exactly. Okay, it's all right. A, it's more like... Rob, that's what you do every day, you perform. Just for fun. Do, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's a very nice place, you know, with a lot of uh, tropical trees and a lot of birds, clean birds, you know, not like pigeons. <laughs> not dirty birds, no, no. not those dirty yeah. old birds. And, uh, it's a nice place and you can be invited if you want. I'd, okay. I'd because it's very hard to, to, to get the, the tickets. Yeah, how yeah. Do yeah. How, do you, how do you, and are you the kind of, are you the gatekeepers? Tucanopolis. Yeah, do you, you need like the you mayor? Need, of you need a special visa to get there. Do you, you think? need a special visa? And you need to mm. prove that you're a nice person, that you you're cool. You're cool. This could take me years. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's not absolutely. Uh, you know, it's not cool like uh, smoking weeds or. It's not forbidden to smoke weeds, but it's not. It's not like cool like Bob Marley. You know, it's more okay. like no, uh, no, no. You know, I'm liking the sound of this it's more. It's cool and more. like people in holidays. You know. Yeah. Okay. As you are Those when you are in cool. holiday. Yeah. <laughs> And so, and this is this is morning in Tucanopolis. What's the perfect morning? I mean, is that how do you how do you how do you like to wake up in your fictional heaven here? Mm, Better not say. Is it, is it a family program? No, no. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Rob. <laughs> it's a morning. It's um late morning. Yeah. Mm. In the summer. Um, it's always summer in Tucanopolis, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Sure. Yes. Yes. Sure. And it's uh, always uh, twenty six degrees. Not too much humidity. Yeah. No. No. And um, like a Sunday in in holiday, but for all life. Yeah, and oh, with your with your wife. Yes, of course. And uh, and with the band playing for you in the morning, close to your bed. 
Wow, that's nice. <laughs> Amazing. I want a cartoon. And Before, while while they're while they're performing this wonderful final yes. song, I think we should draw a cartoon and see if it looks yeah, yeah. like at anything the end, like see it. If they condone it. Yeah, yeah, see yeah. If they agree with what it looks like. Gentlemen, uh, do you want to go and uh, set up? And uh, we're going to say our goodbyes. So. Uh, Thank you very much. And, thank you. Uh, we thank wish you, you, yeah. a, thank you a, su a super summer. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Come when you want. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds to me, Andrew, that um, we need a whole edition of The Urbanist in Tucanopolis. Yeah, I'm getting a time show there. Gonna, I'm, I'm moving on down. It's, it sounds good. God, they're crying in Palma right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you get more than a time the share. The next mayor's already left. But I'm actually yeah. wondering if there's... I, I, now haven't, I have to say, I haven't looked at the track listing from the gentleman, but is there Nui? Uh, Tucanopolis as well because we just got the mornings but I'm also wondering ha what happens at bedtime I Rob? think well for them to describe that that's a whole different program <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want <laughs> who knows what I think I know what goes on that's why, yes. I'm, that's why I'm on the next train <laughs> <laughs> well uh, we're going to listen to them uh, very shortly but um, I, I like that I, I, I'm all for seeing what's going to happen at the Grand Palais I thought that was absolutely wonderful um, I love the sort of the distillation of uh, l'etiquette and now I know that I, I, I shouldn't just be stealing toiletries from the Creole no, it's all going on. There's, there's been an appeal for me to come back and shop at Bully. Yeah. So. <laughs> anyway, I want to just say a huge thank you uh, today to everyone at the Question du Sun studios here in Paris. Also our friends at USM who provide us with this very sturdy table. I'm not sure if the table is going to follow us around across the uh, the rest of Europe. Uh, this show was produced uh, by Holly Fisher and researched by Fernando Augusto Pacheco and Nilam Nijar. Join us again next time for more great conversation and live music. But this has been edition two of the Monocle Summer Series. I'm Tyler Brulet. I'm Andrew Tuck. And I'm Robert Bound. And this is uh, Blue Toucan and playing us out with the aforementioned Matin at Toucanopolis. La lueur douce et pâle du matin Lentement sur nous déteint Quand le monde se mouillait Quand les contours, les couleurs, les embruns Nous échappaient ne font qu'un On se
Sans un mot qui fait Et qui se fait